Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. You can visit rachelcarmen.com to join her online community of moms who are taking the dare to be in the word themselves as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. While you're there, be sure to sign up for updates and you will also receive a free gift from Rachel when you sign up. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hello, moms. Rachel Carmen here again today at the podcast. And this, I think, is turning out to be probably my favorite part of the podcast is receiving questions from you. Keep them coming. You're asking some great questions, some things I'm really having to try to boil down. And I'm just going to be honest. These questions are questions I wish that I was sitting across from you to sort of unpack and hear more of your heart and what's behind them because I'm endeavoring to listen to what you're not saying and answering these questions and probably thereby assuming some things and going back and trying to remember, right, and remembering those difficult dog days of having all seven here at home and the challenges that that provided and challenges provided. I mean, I believe challenges are opportunities for growth. I don't always like that truth in the middle of the challenge, right? I don't always want, frankly, another opportunity for growth. Oh, I want to be transformed. But honestly, in the middle of those times, I really wish that I could be transformed painlessly. And apparently, that's not generally possible. So anyway, I am very grateful for your questions. I hope that they'll keep coming. I've got my beloved cup of tea to have here today as we talk about two questions that I think are kind of interrelated. And so that's how I'm going to approach them today. And those two questions are these. What is the most important part or time of the day? That's one. And the second one is, how to set realistic expectations. So in my mind, those two are very closely related to each other because this whole issue of, oh my goodness, what's the most important? There's so much to do, right? And so in light of that fact, how do I set realistic expectations? In other words, I'm hearing behind this second question, look, I am frustrated because I'm not getting it all done. And so maybe... I need to adjust my expectations. So let's do these one at a time, and I think you'll see how they're interrelated. And if I totally miss it, let me know. Um, And if I'm going to be where you are, I hope you'll come and meet me and say, hey, I heard this one. I heard you try to answer my question, and I hope that we can sit down and have a cup of tea and talk about these things, because that's really my heart, is to sit with you. But in lieu of that, here we are. So I've got lots of notes, lots of things came as I was considering this question. So I'm going to try to navigate this with you today. And I hope that this will be a blessing to you as we consider this question. So once upon a time, I heard that the most important 20 minutes of the day, and and this will sound dated immediately. I think it was actually my mother who told me this. and, And I think that there's a lot of truth in this, but at the same time, It's dated today. So the most important 20 minutes of the day were the first five minutes when you're up, 
the last five minutes before your husband leaves for work, the first five minutes when he returns, and the last five minutes before lights out and you go to sleep. Now, again, I think that's kind of dated. Um, a lot of moms and dads leave for work. A lot of dads work from home, right? And so I think that this sounds maybe archaic, but I think there's a lot of truth here to acknowledge that there are points in our day that need to have our attention. It matters, mom, dad. It matters what we do first thing when we're up. And unfortunately, for a lot of us, we've gotten into the pattern of the first thing that we do is look at the phone. And I'm just going to challenge you, maybe even just for a week, to consider maybe that's not the first thing you look at in the morning. Maybe that's not even what you use as your alarm in the morning. Maybe your Instagram feed is not the first thing you do in the morning. How might that change your day if that wasn't the first thing, if it wasn't your go-to? What if it was something else? What if it was just the first five minutes you determined we're just going to be peaceful or introspective or prayerful or worshipful? What if it wasn't a screen the first five minutes? I think that could make a difference in the whole day. I really do. The second five minutes listed here is the last five minutes before you leave. So whether you're taking the kids to a co-op, mom, if you're going to work, if dad's going to work, if he's maybe just going to the basement to his office or maybe upstairs to his office, what if those five minutes were intentional? You had an intentional parting, maybe a prayer before you go to your separate spaces. Look, now I only have one still at home. And before he leaves to co-op, right, we want to make sure that we have a prayer together and we sort of focus, we come around God's word and focus all of us for the day. We get one common point of reference before we disperse. I believe that that's important. The first five minutes when they come back, one of my huge priorities is I want to be present when my kids are home. So my son at home right now has one co-op day a week that he's gone and I, I love to be here and get a bunch of stuff done here that I don't want to have to do when he's here, right? There are those things. But I want to be here and present when he's home, when he gets home. I want to be here to greet him, ask him how co-op went, right? And be present for him. I don't want to be on here with you. I love you. But I don't want to be on a phone call. I don't want to be on a recording. I want to be present for him. And it's the same with my husband, uh, Davis actually happens to work from home, but once upon a time when he came home, I wanted to be there to greet him. I had a friend once upon a time, and they had three daughters, and he actually was a physician. And when he would come home from work, because sometimes hard, long hours and all of that, she was so wise, and she made it a priority that they all ran to greet him when he came home. Wow, what a blessing. Because that really makes home a place, right? A place of safety, a place of we're glad you're here, right? And a place um, that we're all on the same place, uh, on the same page, and we have the same point of reference. And then finally, the last five minutes before you go to sleep. Look, it matters what's going on in your head before you go to sleep and what you're putting in and what you're taking in. And again, the temptation, I think, is to sit with a device and scroll, and then take off your glasses and put it down and turn off the light and roll over. What if that was replaced by something else, like a really good book or literature, really good classic literature? I'm convinced that I'm going to 
not get to the end of the pile of books that I really want to read before God calls me home. I've always got something good to read. And yet the temptation to be on the device and to check in is always there, right? But what if we prioritized not the device? What if we prioritized good book or prayer? I love it when Davis reads one of the Puritan prayers right before we go to sleep. Those 20 minutes of the day, I would suggest to you, really do matter. They really do matter. And that's just 20 minutes in 24 hours. So these are interactions with God, interactions with our husbands, interaction with our kids, and with our neighbors. Those things matter. And good. Look at this. Let's think about how those line up with the four times outlined in Deuteronomy 6. We all know and familiar with this passage, and if you're not... Welcome. Look up Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. There are four times here listed by Moses to the second generation of God's people before they go into the promised land. And he's like, there are four times here, right, that Moses lists as the most important time. So let's see how these line up. He says, as you sit, as you walk, as you lie, and as you rise up. Listen to these. As you sit, I think about these as times that we're sitting together at mealtimes, look, if you're home educating your kids, this is an awesome opportunity to sit together and have those conversations around your table three times a day. I remember uh, several years ago now, we had some new friends over for uh, lunch one afternoon. And since we work from home, I actually had um, the pleasure of having her on a weekday to lunch at our home. And so the girls and I made lunch and she and I sat down and everybody was doing their schoolwork and Davis was at work in his office and she looked around and she goes, oh my goodness, you are raising your kids in the 1940s. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, nobody does this. Nobody has meal times together with their kids three times a day. No one sits down and has these discussions. I mean, that this just isn't done. Oh, but how different would our world today be if we actually took the time to sit down and take advantage of those three meals together today, each day, to decompress and to share what we're learning, what we're wrestling through, what we're frustrated by. The meal times are excellent opportunities, and I, I think it's glorious how God planned it that way, that we would have these three times a day to come together and go, my goodness, I, I'm trying to read this book, or I just learned this this morning, or I was just on in a meeting, or all of these different things. We can come around a common meal and share what we're learning, how we're progressing through that day. It's powerful. And mom and dad, to be able to do that in a homeschool con context, it's, it's incredible. I remember when my oldest son went to college, he was sitting around, this was his freshman year, he was sitting around with a bunch of other freshmen, and they were just talking and he just casually mentioned, yeah, one day we were sitting around at lunch and we were all talking about such and such. And he was going to make his point when a girl across the table said, whoa, 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 whoa. You're talking about sitting around with your family at a mealtime like it was something that happened all the time. How often did y'all sit down to eat together? And he was kind of, you know, frustrated because that wasn't the point of his comment. He had something else he was trying to say and she interrupted him. But for her, the fact that he would casually refer to mealtimes at our house is something that just happened all the time so much so that he took it for granted. That 
was the exclamation point for this young woman. She went on to tell Charles, oh my goodness, nobody does that. My family, she went on to explain, you know what? We get together maybe twice a year, maybe Christmas Day, maybe Thanksgiving, sometimes Easter. But by and large, it's just kind of every man for himself in the microwave. See, we have an opportunity, something that often we take for granted by gathering three times a day around a meal. I'm going to suggest to you, those are important times. Those meals ought not be caught on the, on the fly. We actually have a, a porch here at our home that we love. And in so far as the weather permits, I love to take our meals out on the porch in the peacefulness of outside, right? With, in my ideal world, the birds singing and the butterflies fluttering all around, right? That's a beautiful time to literally step away from it all and have a meal. Sometimes we sit there silently. Sometimes, sometimes there are tears, especially I remember the days of fractions and long division, Sometimes mealtimes were times to just, you know, pull it together and try it again after lunch. So don't underestimate mealtimes. Secondly, Moses points out, as you walk. Now in scripture, when Moses talks about it here in Deuteronomy, and certainly in the New Testament, Paul uses this idea several times about walking, right? Now, obviously, they did a lot more walking than we do today. But really what they mean when they use this word, as you walk, is as you live, as you go through your day, right? And you and I, if you're a homeschool mom like I have been, we have all day long, right, is an important moment. It's all important, right, as we're living through the day, no matter what we're doing, right, that we are doing two things, practicing his presence, right, actually being present. That's the opportunity that we have. As you lie down, this would be that last five minutes that I was talking about earlier, as I lay me down to sleep, right? What are you putting into your mind as you're laying down? We would, um, we've got the Bible on CD that the kids listen to for years, or my story hour, or Odyssey, Adventures in Odyssey. It matters what you're putting in your mind at the end of the day. And here Moses admonishes us to take advantage of that. And then lastly, the fourth thing that Moses lists uh, is as you rise, when you wake up. So I think those four times that Moses said were really important correlate very closely to the other 20 minutes that I remember being taught when I was a young girl. So I really think it is important for us to see these times as important and endeavor to see what we can do to claim those, right, and to protect those. And one very real way, and this won't surprise you, one very real way I think we can claim and protect those times is by making them device-free zones. Device-free zones. Look, mom, dad, your kids need to know when they have you. They don't need to always feel like they're competing with a device of any kind. An iPhone, uh, an iPad, your computer. Um, I was doing all of the major part of our home education back with a telephone, right? Back when dinosaurs roamed the planet is when I homeschooled. And the biggest competition that I had for my attention during the day was the phone ringing. And I realized that very early on. And so on our voice machine, our voice message machine, right? And I was literally, when there was a little tape recorder that came with it, right? We would say on the answering machine, if you have reached us between the hours of 8 and 3, we are homeschooling. Please leave a message and we will do our best to get back to you after 3. 
Rachel Carmen has spoken across the country and around the world to moms about their struggles, successes, fears, and faith. They consistently share three things that zap joy and threaten the hope of moms today. They are overwhelmed, exhausted, and lonely. They want support and practical tools. They want to feel connected. What we have done is put together a community of like-minded moms to accomplish just that. Rachel, a homeschooling mom of seven, knows what the pit of despair is. She relates to the feeling of being overwhelmed, lacking in time in the word. And today, she wants to meet you right where you are. The truth is, you were not meant to do this alone. In the community, Real Refreshment, she will help you learn how to get done what needs to get done, how to study God's word during your season of motherhood, how to make the most of the time given, and how to do it in fellowship with other moms just like you. Moms, we need each other now more than ever. Visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community today. So we carved out from eight to three as, yeah, we're doing homeschooling. And our kids knew that they had me during those times. Now that's going to sound outlandish to you probably. I know I had my mom's meeting here, I think it was just this last Monday. And one of the moms was asking me, you know, I know that you didn't have the devices we have today, but what did you do? How did you step away from the phone? What were your hours? And when I told her that I literally turned the phone off or turned the ringer off, right, and had this message on my machine, she was like, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. And I just want to dare you to consider what would it look like? If you stepped away from all of your devices for a period of time each day and your kids knew, your kids knew that they actually had your full attention during those times of the day. You didn't sneak a peek when you went to rotate the laundry. You didn't sneak a peek when you went to unload the dishwasher or put out dinner. You literally stepped away from it for certain hours of the day. I'm going to suggest to you, I think that could change your home. I think it could change you, mom. It could help you refocus on the things that really matter. And I really do believe it could change your interactions with your children. So here I'm going to propose are what I think would be realistic and really good device-free zones. And when I say a device-free zone, I mean like it's not in your hand. It's not in your back pocket. It's not on the table. It's in the other room. It's turned off. It's inaccessible, right? The ringer's off. You can't hear it vibrate or ring, right? It's, it's put away for at least these zone periods, at least these small periods of time. And I'm going to suggest elongating that for a period of time every day. So here are the times. Family worship. I don't believe your phone has any place at family worship. If, if you're going to say that I need it to read my Bible, what if you opened an actual Bible? If you need it for the lyrics to a hymn, what if you actually got a hymnal? I'm just going to say the medium is the message. What we have to understand is any kind of a device in your hand changes the conversation. It just does. It just does. And so what if we set them aside and got back to real books, the Bible and the hymnal, and just set them aside? So family worship should be, in my opinion, a device-free zone. Meal times should be device-free free zones. Not on your table, not in your back pocket. No, completely outside of the meal time. 
Um, when you're reading, Mom, when you have read-aloud time together in your homeschool, I remember the glory days when for about three hours every day I was reading aloud. So we would read our Bible together, we would read history, we would read literature, we would read our science together, and it was a, a period of time every day. And no, my kids didn't sit crisscross applesauce for the whole time. Are you kidding? Generally, the boys were either playing with Legos on a blanket and I was asking questions, right? Or they were drawing or they were coloring. Some The girls were doing the same thing. Sometimes they were drawing or coloring. Um, sometimes they were doing needlework, right? So they weren't just sitting there with their hands folded while I read for three hours. No, they were most all of them. I'm just trying to think if this is true. Most of them are kinesthetic learners. So they had to be doing something, right? But it was about three hours by the time you factor in potty breaks and getting another drink or maybe having a little snack. It was about three hours. And I'm so grateful that during that time, I didn't have a device to, to have in my back pocket, but the phone was off and the kids knew they had me and that no one was going to be able to interrupt this time. And that was so valuable. We could really lean into the story Nobody was on edge. Nobody was wondering if they were hearing something right. That was literally our time. Next, rest time. Mom, I really hope that you have a rest time in your rhythm, either daily or weekly for your children and for yourself. We all need time to decompress, right? We all need time to practice being still and being quiet. For many, many, many years of our 25 years of homeschooling, and I'm going to, oh man, I, I need to go back and really give a really good guess about how long this would have been. And this whole conversation about rest time is a whole nother Q&A time we can have. So let me know if you want to have that one. But for many, many years, we had afternoon rest time every day. And then when it was no longer every day, it was every Wednesday, Right. We had rest time and rest time. Everybody had to go to a time by themselves, somewhere by themselves and they could take books. They had to go to the restroom before and then they couldn't get up until I came to get them. It was glory, right? And nobody had to go to sleep, right? But they had to be quiet and they, they could look through their books or read their books if they wanted to. Certainly they could go to sleep if they wanted to, but nothing electronic. They couldn't listen to a tape or a CD during this time. Um, they could go out on the porch, they could lay on a blanket in the backyard, but they had to have a period of quiet time. And that is so valuable, especially now, I think even more now than it was when my kids are little, that you teach your kids and train your kids to practice being still and quiet and resting and turning the world off. And they don't need devices during that time. And mom, you need time every day, not to scroll more. You need time every day to be quiet and to rest in the truth of who God is. Next time, so we've said family worship, meal times, reading time, rest time, bedtime. I don't believe uh, kids or you, mom or dad, need a device at bedtime. I really believe there are other things that are far more beneficial for your humanity and your flourishing than a device at bedtime. I think that needs to be a device-free zone, right? I talk to moms all the time that wish their husband would turn it off, especially in the bedroom, right? So I'm going to invite you 
to do that also. And then the last time I'm going to suggest is car time. I made a decision several years ago. I used to think that the best time for me to return phone calls was when I was taking all of the kids. And believe me, there was a time when I literally was a taxi driver. When I was taking all my kids here and there and everywhere so they could do all of their extracurricular activities. So I'd have all the kids in the car and I'm on the phone doing a return phone call. And I'm, I'm thinking that I'm doing the best thing. This is efficiency at its height, right? No, because my I've got my kids captive in the car. I shouldn't be on a phone call with somebody else. I should be present with my kids. And so I'm gonna ensure, I'm gonna challenge you to do that too. I think if you've got your kids in the car, my goodness, your kids are in the car. What might God do? What conversation might you have? It might just be silence between the two of you, and you can sit there and silently pray, right? Pray for them. I know that I've had many silent car rides with my kids where they're ticked or they're in a mood, right? Your kids do that too. And it wouldn't be beneficial for me to try to say anything or sermonize, but I can drive them and I can pray for them while we're in the car together. So those are, are one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, six times that I think you ought to consider having device-free times that because I think that those are important times of the day to reclaim. Now, I want to say one, two, three, four, five, six other times that to expand on that idea, right? I really wanted to answer this question, what are the most important times of the day? And so I'm going to say, I think these six times are the most important time and all of this layers, okay? So one, Bible time. You need to have Bible time every day if it's reading from the Bible storybook um, from uh, the Word in Motion curriculum that we've just produced at Apologia, which I highly recommend. I'm the author of all of that, and it's it's an amazing thing, if I do say so myself. Um, Bible time during responsibilities, right? Responsibilities, your kids need to have responsibilities every day. They need to be making their bed. They need to be picking up their toys. They need to be helping with the dishes, clearing the table, all of that. Your kids need to have responsibilities. Um, meal times are one of the most important times of the day. Reading time is one of the most important times of the day. Play time. Yes, homeschool moms, your kids need to play. They need to run outside. They need fresh air, right? Uh, the joke used to be here that I always kick the kids out at two or three, right? I mean, get out of here. I, no, I get you. We didn't get everything done, but you know what? At this point, we're not going to, so you need to get outside. And so, they do need that playtime or a puzzle or a board game, but your kids need to play. There's just so many things that they learn during playtime. Even if it's just individual playtime, they need to have that time. And finally, rest time. You know I'm an advocate of that. So those are really important times. Every mom, every moment matters, mom. That's really what I want you to hear in answering these two questions. Every single moment matters because the master of the universe is weaving all of these moments together and he's extending to us these opportunities to pour into our children and to see God give us patience that we didn't know we had, kindness we didn't know we had, grace that we didn't know we have, extend it to our children, right? He is giving that to us every day and so if we acknowledge that all of these moments matter, we respond to them differently than we would if we think they really don't matter. If some just matter and some don't matter, that's just really not true. Some you may be able to argue, like I was just saying, I think some maybe 
matter more, but the bottom line is they all matter because they're all woven together by the master, especially when we are giving God all of the glory through our worship and service. And everything we do, mom, is worshiping God. As we speak to our kids, as we encourage our husband, as we make another meal, as we rotate the laundry, everything we do, as we do it to the honor and glory of God, is worship to him as we serve our families, right? So now I want to show, I want to tell six things, right? I have this list of six things. Yes, six things that I think you can think of every moment, okay? One, practice his presence. When you are doing that long division lesson with your kids, when you are folding another load of laundry, when you are changing another diaper, when you are reviewing phonics again, right? When you're trying to solve a sibling rivalry and get to the bottom of who's, who said what to whom and who hit who, right? When we remember that we're not alone in this moment and practice his presence, it changes everything. So moment by moment, mom, practice his presence. Two, moment by moment, listen. Listen to what your kids are saying verbally. Listen to everything they're not saying. Listen by looking them in the eye, right? Listen. Listen well. We have a whole world screaming to be heard, and they're screaming louder and louder. Why? Because they want to be heard, and they're not dumb. No one's listening. That's why we are at the decibel level we are now, is because everyone wants to be heard. What if? What if we just dared to listen to each other? Your kids need the security and the confidence, mom, of you listening to them. Yes, you have things you want to say. Yes, you want to correct them. Yes, you want to pour forth your wisdom into them. But what if we listen first? So practicing the presence of God changes everything. Listening, really listening to their words, looking into their eyes, listening to their heart. Next, ask questions. It's always easy when we're listening to immediately say something, right? But instead of immediately saying something or sermonizing, ask questions. Ask questions about what they said. Ask questions about what they didn't say. Ask questions about the fact that they won't look you in the eye, right? Ask questions. Help them to be curious about what they're saying. Help them to process it. Don't do the work for them, right? Help them to own it, right? From your little guys all the way up, help them to own it. Ask questions. D, third, fourth, fourthly, learn, right, moment by moment, learn to see when what they're saying and what you're hearing, is it really the issue? They're tired or they're hungry. These are real things. And often you've got emotions and moods that are triggered because they're tired or they're hungry and help them to pull back and be able to learn those things about themselves. Learn when they're tired or they're hungry and they're just spinning, right? And they're not thinking, right? Because they're tired or they're hungry. Help them to be able to identify that so that they can be a better person, so that they can be a better sibling, so they can be a better friend, right? To know those things in themselves. Finally, moment by moment, Mom, take advantage of opportunities to grab a kid and run an errand. To grab a kid and help 
help them do their responsibility or invite them to help you chop the carrots or to take a walk, right? Yes, mom, we need to be able to run an errand by ourselves every now and then. I get it. You and I need to walk in the woods by ourselves. I get it. And let's do that when we need to. But let's also stay sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit when he says, hey, why don't you grab that kid and run to the store or go for a walk or have a cup of tea? Moms, there are many moments that God gives us through the day. There are some moments that he gives us and we need to guard them, but we need to make sure we're living intentionally. We need to set realistic expectations by remembering that our number one objective is God's glory. That's our number one objective. And when we set that as our highest expectation, moment by moment, as we honor and serve him, those expectations, that expectations of his honor and glory is met. I love you, moms. I hope you can sense that and know that. And I really do hope that I can meet several of you. Keep these questions coming and we'll keep this conversation going. I'll see you next time. Thank you listeners for joining us. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. And while you are there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us to get the message out to other moms that need to be encouraged in their roles as mothers today. If you have a question, we invite you to send it to rachelcarmen.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, you can access Rachel's wonderful resources and real refreshment, the online community. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged and we need accountability in the word. I hope you will join us and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Hey, Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take, but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the TMOS podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.